Welcome to On Course, the teaching ministry of Pastor Hart Ramsey, where we offer simple biblical insight into some of life's most pressing issues. What have I told you that a lot of the pain and difficulty and adversity you're experiencing is simply God aligning your now so you could be prepared for your tomorrow. Prepare for the next few minutes to be encouraged, enlightened, and inspired. Let's join Pastor Ramsey and get on course. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. You should know this by heart, but just in case it's on the screen. You ready? Let's read it together. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Amen. Let's be seated in the presence of the Lord. Just that simple. This, this thought in Hebrews chapter 11, I don't know if you know this about your Bible, but your Bible was not written in chapter and verse, neither was it written um, with, with uh, punctuations. The original language of the scripture is written, uh, in the New Testament is written in Greek, and in the Old Testament it's written in, in uh, Aramaic or Hebrew. Some of it is written in Chaldean, which is a Babylonian language. But in the New Testament, we find the Bible written in Greek. In the Greek language, there are a lot of things that we don't understand, but God has blessed us where we do understand quite a bit. The Bible says here, now they just, uh, 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 faith is the substance of things, hope for the evidence of things not seen. Uh, my mind is going back to the point I want to start on this morning. Back up in verse 35 of chapter 10, this thought begins. And what we need to gather from, from this writing of Hebrews chapter 10 is that it's, it's a continuation of, of a, a defense of the new system. The writer of Hebrews is writing to the Hebrew people, the Jewish people. And, and these people have, have been converted to Christianity from the, what's called Judaism, from their old way of, of worshiping God. They, they came from religion to relationship, and now they're struggling with the difference. The difference is, in one, you have to work to be accepted by God. In the other, God makes you acceptable by his grace. And grace is a new concept for them. It's a new teaching. The word grace is not new. The application is. It's strange to them that you, you, uh, they were raised and steeped in, in Judaism where everything was sacrificial. Sacrificed by nature. There were the feast days or all these things that we had to do as ritual as a part of our religion. Ritual. And now we come to, uh, they come to God. They come to Christ. And they're being told, really, there's no ritual. Everything is really real. Not ritual, but real. And it's hard for them because they're accustomed of tapping into the real by going through the ritual. So, so now the writer of Hebrews is telling them, listen, you must understand that, yes, ritual was the old order, but now you don't need ritual to touch God. You can come right to him through Jesus Christ. This is a real deal. In chapter 10, you read down, and he's, he's, exp- he's helping them to see that the transition has taken place, but now he's, he's dealing with them about the persecution they went through. They went through persecution when they changed their lives. Now, how many of you, are, 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 when you got born again, remember that when you got saved, everything changed? Oh, yeah, you changed it. The friends you used to run with, I mean, you, you changed uh, the, the things you did, the places you went to, the places you went to, the places you went to. No, y'all ain't say nothing. Same thing happened in Montgomery this morning. You changed the people you ran with and the places you went to. While we don't teach a dress code, you change the clothes you, wear, you wore because everything does not fit under the umbrella of modesty. Uh-huh, modesty is a subjective term. What's modest to me may not be modest to you. But things change. And when things change, the result of that, especially for the people that knew you quite personally, is that uh, persecution sets in. And so this was the case of the church here 
in the book of Hebrews. They were under persecution. And Paul was celebrating them, or the writer of Hebrews, rather, was celebrating them for having gone through persecution and they're still standing, but some were struggling. Look at verse 35. Verse 35. Of, matter of fact, look at verse, uh, verse 32. He's, he's putting them in remembrance. He said, but call to remembrance the former days in which after you were illuminated, you endured a great fight of afflictions. Partly, Wilts, you were made a gazing stock. That's a powerful word. He said you were publicly exposed to insults and abuse, both by reproaches, that's public humiliation and afflictions. And partly, Wilts, you became companions of them that were so used. He said, for you had compassion of me and my bonds and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that you have in heaven a better and enduring reward. And then he says in verse 35, the same confidence that you had when you gave your life to Christ and had to go through this transition, the persecution that came with the transition, he says, I need you to understand that you can't cast away that confidence. In the Greek, the word is parousia. Uh, the word parousia simply means um, um, this this knowing a certainty in my heart that although I'm going through this because of that, that that is worth the this. He said that it's worth it. It's worth it to me to be mocked. It's worth it to me that I lose friends. It's worth it to me to change my whole lifestyle because I believe something. He said I was illuminated. My eyes were opened. When your eyes are open and when you see things for what they really are, you will risk some things. And he told him the risk was good. He said, now watch this now. If you can continue to live for the Lord. How many of you want to continue to live for the Lord? Now watch this. You're going to have to learn to live for the Lord in spite of many things. Number one, in spite of yourself. Because sometimes you will do things that even under the most strict interrogation, you can't get you to tell you why you did it. Is this me? How many of you know exactly what I'm talking about? You are, you're actually talking to yourself, fool, what did you just do? What, what, what was that? What did you just say? Did you ever say to yourself? Yeah, that's why God didn't give us a hind leg like dogs have. We'd be using it to kick ourselves. So he says, cast not away therefore your confidence. He said, because the confidence that you had when you first came to the Lord, when you went through all these things, but you never lost hope, never lost your surety. He said, you knew who you were. He said, that confidence is tied to whatever else you get in Christ. Your reward is tied to your confidence. Then in verse 36, he goes on to explain to them. He said, uh... For you have need of patience. You have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Now, what he's saying, and this word patience um, is, the, is the old word, the modern term for it that we use is consistency. He said you have need of consistency uh, so that after you do what God wants you to do, you get what God has promised. He said the issue is, is uh, you, you can go for a moment, but you don't keep it up. If, any, if you've ever been in leadership, if you have a business, if you have children, we're prone at, from, at times to go through what I call depression. You, you, you um, become overwhelmed. If you've ever been hurt, if you've ever been disappointed, if, if you've lived up for a minute, you've been through uh, some type of disappointment and hurt. And, and it brings with it a certain amount of depression. I'm not asking you if, you if you ever get depressed. I'm telling you, you do. It's part of the human condition in sin. We, we become depressed. And many times what happens to us is when we, we become depressed, we, we're prone to act out of character. Now, the Lord, is, the Lord understands this and he realizes that, that as believers, watch this now, because we're in a relationship, we don't get to put God on today and put him off tomorrow so we could freak out. No, he, he's, he's, he's a God of, of the person that's being consistent and he's a God of the inconsistent. 
But what he's doing, he's working with us. And, and through this writer, he says, he said, listen, he said, I don't want you to cast away your confidence because your reward is tied to it. He said, but you have need of consistency. And here's why. He says, I need you to be consistent because many of you will do the right thing to receive the promise of God, but you don't stay on the road. If you, if you say to me, if you say to me, I want you to come to my house. It's on the cul-de-sac at the end of the road on Jefferson Street. If I could turn onto Jefferson Street and not see your house at the head of the street and say, well, I'm not going any further. I don't get credit for turning onto the road. I get credit when I come all the way down to the end of the street and end up at the cul-de-sac where your house is. You got it? And so what the Lord is saying to us, because you turn onto the road where I am, because you're walking with me, that's wonderful, but I need you to be consistent enough to endure the pain, to endure, watch this now, God says, I, I, know how, I see how you are. Well, if you're up, you'll do up things. If you're down, you'll do down things. He said, I know where you are. I'm not, watch this now, I love James chapter 2, verse 13. It indicates to us that the only, the only entity in the known universe that can stand against judgment is mercy. The Bible says mercy rejoices against judgment. You say, well, pastor, you know, I, I, you know, people judge me all the time. No, no, no. You see, sometimes folk could judge you erroneously, but if God ever judges you, he's always right. Is there anybody in the room today that can, that can say, pastor, you know what? If God were to judge me for my sin, boy, would I be in trouble. Huh? Watch this now. But the Bible says mercy rejoices against Mercy stands up against judgment. Mercy pleads the case. You got it? So what God is saying to you, he says, I know where you are. I understand that when you're up, you do up things. When you're down, you do down things. But what I want to work in you is a certain level of consistency. That whether you're up or whether you're down, whether your circumstances, whether you're standing in good things or standing in doo-doo up to your waist. No matter where you are, what you're going through, whether you're on the mountaintop or you're in a dungeon at midnight, I want you to be the same person you are, no matter what's going on in your life. And God says, I want to work on your consistency. So watch this now. Many of us think that God should, should uh, consider our situation and based on the difficulty that we have dealing with down times. Anybody know what down times are? Yeah, based on that, many of us think, well, maybe God should ease up and not allow me to go through so much. But what you miss is this, in the book of James chapter 1, um, James says, he says, let patience have a perfect work. As a matter of fact, he said, count it all joy when you go through these things. Watch this now. He said, because this gives your patience a chance to develop. The very fact that you're not consistent means that God has to release you time and again to situations that are distasteful so that your consistency can grow. All God is doing is working on your consistency. Why? What's the big deal? He wants you to receive the promise. You've already done what he wants you to do. Now he's trying to get his end to you. God, the old saints used to say, you can't beat God giving. God would not be in debt to you. And now that you've done your part, God says, I'm trying to get my part to you, but I can't get you to hold steady long enough. So what I will do is put you in some minor trials, allow you to go through minor trials so you get a major harvest. Everybody said, God is working with me. Just pat yourself and say, God is working with me. He's working with you. And so, and so even, even when, you, when you consider, uh, one of the things that happens in church, and I want to I take this rabbit trail for a moment, is that, is that people come to church with expectations, which, which considering the situation, I could understand. But there's something that you do that I want to really pull your coat to. You come to church expecting that the pulpit is reserved for perfection. Problem with that is, um, it's not so. And what you do is, when, with the mentality that the pulpit is reserved for perfection, you, you, you bind the, the pulpiteer 
or in this case the pastor, to this, to this pedestal, and really what it is is a maximum security prison with glass windows. And, it, and you, you relegate the, the, the pulpit here to the fishbowl or the aquarium status, and, and so you're saying, watch this now, don't grow anymore. Because the only reason I com- connect with you is that you have to be fully grown. And so what you have is these, uh, uh, Mark Hamby used to call them boy preachers. Because they can't grow. Because the way, we, the way every one of us grow into consistency is being released into the triangle of our faith. And sometimes you're going to win and sometimes you're going to lose. Oh, but you already knew that, right? Because you win sometimes and sometimes... Mm-hmm. Now... As you, as you pick the scripture up, he says, uh, you have need of patience. You have need of consistency, so after you've done the will of God, you will inherit the promise. From there, he goes on to say, for yet a little while, and he that shall come will tarry, or will come rather, and, and will not tarry. The word tarry means to delay. So in, watch this now, in the Lord, there is a delay factor. Everybody say the delay factor. So there's some things that God has, there is a time frame, there's a waiting period, and God establishes the waiting period. You may think you need it now, but God is saying, no, you don't. Watch this now. There there's has to be in many of our lives this delay, this waiting period, so that God can get my mind in tune to his heart. Because what we think is, I, I'll never forget this, what we think, uh, 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 I got a letter from someone that said, they said, Pastor, I want you to agree with me. Uh, I want this job, I want this job, I want it now. It's my job. Uh, you know, and they're going, I'm not qualified for it, but I, wait a minute. Could it be that this is not your job? And could it be that God is not going to answer that prayer because he realizes you are ill-prepared for it? The Bible says in this verse that there is a delay factor. There's a tarrying time. There's a waiting time. And what God is doing, he's growing you up. He's getting you to a certain place. You may think, he my hu- I know he's my husband, but suppose he doesn't know how to support a family yet. I know she's my wife, but wait, wait, wait a minute now. Wait a minute. She may be your wife, but in order for you to obtain the favor that God said is yours when you get a wife, God got some work he needs to do with her. Amen, pastor, that's some good preaching. Yeah, and so, and so there's, there's a, everybody said there's a delay factor, delay factor. It's a delay factor in this thing. I remember when we first came to, we moved the church from Ozark to Dothan, we would, we would go to every little, every little building and lay claim to it. We were looking for a place that could seat at least 180 people. And it, it, matter of fact, there's a little restaurant up here on 431, uh, it was a little restaurant that used to be there. I think it's a car dealership now. If you're going up, it's on the right side, right on the intersection of Ross Clark and 431. This little building, it was a restaurant. It was for sale. I went in there, and I saw this place, and I said, yeah, we can make it work. That place may, may have sat 120. And I claimed it in Jesus' name, and I called people and said, come agree with me. We're going to agree God didn't even study us. <laughs> because God already knew what he had in mind. And God knew that the thing he wanted to do was greater. Look at where we are now. But the amazing thing is I would take people by. I took other people one time and said, yeah, we were believing God for that little building. He started to laugh. Because the thing is, watch this now. You think you need it now, but you don't know what God is working on. So God has built in a delay factor for your benefit. We have need of patience, he says. Stay tuned for more of today's teaching with Pastor Art Ramsey. Imagine being filled with a peace so deep that the world around you can't touch it. 
Pastor Hart Ramsey is on a mission to help believers understand what it means to have a healthy, prayer-based relationship with God. He's doing that through his brand new book titled Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer. Prayer at first was a struggle because, you know, it, it really takes faith to pray. You have to you have to trust that God is like a person. He's a real person and that he's the one that invented the concept of prayer. In this book, you'll learn how to ensure your relationship with God is based on a new and improved covenant, which dangerous prayer habits to avoid and what to do when prayer doesn't yield the answers you want. It's time to trust God enough to make your prayer life truly about Him. Pick up your copy of Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer from Hart Ramsey, available now at Amazon, iTunes, and wherever books are sold. Have you subscribed to Hart Ramsey's Uplift? It's his national text message service where daily you can hear from the heart of God by way of the man of God. Pastor Hart Ramsey. To receive this daily encouragement, text the word UPLIFT to the number 334-310-4278. Again, text the word UPLIFT to the number 334-310-4278. Uplift your spirit, encourage your heart, and empower your walk. Subscribe today to Hart Ramsey's UPLIFT. Stay connected with Pastor Hart Ramsey on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Hart Ramsey. Now let's get back to today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. He says, he that tarries will come and he won't tarry. Now in verse 38, he says, now the just shall live by faith. Now the just shall live by faith. We have been talking about faith. Faith is is believing God enough to act on it. This is the way God wants you to live. In spite of what's going on in your life, God wants you to live by faith. And let me show you how this thing works. Here were these Jewish Christians that had just given their life to the Lord. When they heard the gospel preached, there was a promise of a good life. How many of you, when you heard the gospel, there was a promise of just a good life? Just, just this, this wonderful, I mean, you had visions of just, oh man, just, just a panacea. Just a, just a great life, no trouble, no stress, no hardship, no nothing. Just prosperity, healing, peace, and wholeness. Everybody loving each other. The same mentality you have when you think about working for a church. I want to work for the church. You think we float around in clouds all day, you know, and go around no, and prophesying? No, but that's what you see. Paul said to them, he said, in spite of everything you've been through, not just of your countrymen against you, but even your own flaws within yourself that frustrate you, he said, listen to me. He says, you have got to live your life not based on your ups and downs or the things that's going on, but on faith. You got to believe everything God says, watch this now, and act on it and speak what he says, although in your natural world it's not so. Watch this. God is the God. He's called, not unto him that is, that is uh, he's called in, immortal, invisible, eternal God. Heaven. Heaven is a, is a place, a real place. But you must understand that God, though he's invisible, he's the God of the, of the visible and the invisible. And in this room right now, there is visible and invisible. 
That same book of Hebrews says that in this room right now, it's not just a visible church. The invisible church is here too. He said, you came to Mount Zion. He said that right in this room right now, there's a spirit of just men made perfect. Not, not ghosts, but, the, but when we worship, we, we're catapulted into that invisible realm. While you were here worshiping and your heart was going up to God, God's heart was going up to you. And you were actually dancing in the spirit. You, you were not, not Pentecostal dancing, but you were, you were dancing with each other. God is, you are there work, you're doing this and you don't know God is doing this back with you. You don't know, because you can't see it, but there's something happening in the realm you can't see. There's something happening in the realm you can't see. Everything in heaven is invisible. Everything in heaven is eternal. Everything invisible is immortal. All immortal simply means is that the hands of death cannot reach it. It's too far. It's beyond the grasp of death. That's what mortality is that death has a hold on it. When he says that just shall live by faith, he said you're going to have to dig your feet in. And in spite of the things you go through, in spite of the things you don't understand, and there'll be days when you're going to be disappointed with you. In spite of the days when you don't know what God is doing or where God is taking you to where your life is going, he says the just shall live by faith. Just, the just person. You know, when you think of a just person, you start getting images that are not scripturally true. For example, you think just people are perfect people, but I'm here to tell you that the Bible called Abraham a just man, but he lived the better part of his life saying that Sarah was his sister, which was, by, or by the way, a lie. It was a half-truth. The Bible called Lot a just man. A just man. He chose Sodom and Gomorrah over everywhere else, and then while he was living there, yeah, he was grieved, but when the angels came and the men tried to get him, he offered them his daughters. But the Bible calls him a just man. Go through the scriptures, see who the Bible calls just, and you see that they're just like you. What makes them just is not their character. What made them just is whose they are. What made them just is that God has called him his own. You know, I'm, I'm my father's, I'm Leonard Ramsey's son, his second son. Leonard is an interesting character. He's a little guy, he's about 5'7", biggest little guy you know. I'm his second son, and he, he has this way about him, but he, he'll always pray for us. He, he'll, he'll go to pray, when he, he'll pray for us in order. When my, when my brother died, dad was going through a crisis, and here was his crisis. My brother is dead. Been dead for years, but dad still prays for him. And he said to me, I have to do that because it's my way. He, he said, I always pray, Lennox, Hartley, Lindley, Laurel. And he, calls, he said, I have to call your names in order. And he says, it's something I try to stop, but it's something I can't stop doing. Watch this. Though he's not here, I still see him as my child. The enemy, the enemy will have you to believe that when you falter in your down days that you're, that you're dead to God. But I want to explain to you that God has struggling children and God has incredibly saintly children. Watch this now. The plan of God is to get, them all on the, get us all on the same plateau. I'm not giving you license to misbehave. I'm telling you what a reality is and that's where your faith has to be. Everybody said that just should live by faith. This is how you live your life. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not so faith deals with this unseen realm God is speaking things and showing things and endorsing things and promoting things and calling you to things that you can't see now I ask you how many of you how many of you came here within a year do you know that one of the things that, that God has been dealing my heart about and 
it, it's the, the membership of the church and, and the organization of the ministry. And we have a lot of things going on. And the bigger we got, when, when you get bigger, you start over. I received a letter from one of the members, and uh, they were letting me know they were changing their membership. <clears throat> I'm going to share this with you because it's a member. Got my, Yes, sir. Um, and so they, they sent me a letter, and they're saying, in so many words, they're telling me, Pastor, basically, you know, I've kind of outgrown what you're doing here. So my response like, wow, when I grow up, I want to be just like you. You could outgrow the word. Wow. And the more I thought about this thing, matter of fact, we went back and forth exchanges. It was just a very pleasant exchange. At the end of it, the person is correcting me. My counselor said, oh, I'm not your counselor. My bad, thought I was. So I wrote this. Please forgive me. I stand corrected. I will submit myself to the will of God. And when I ended that little letter going back to my former member, you came to mind. Because what I said to myself was, our relationship is misunderstood. For the most part, you don't understand that what God called you to is not something you make up as you go along. One of the most damnable things that happened in our generation is that it became very prominent for people to say, the Lord told me. When what God is saying is totally against what God has said. Now watch this. So what I have to do today is show you that faith is not arbitrary. Faith is a law. Faith is a law. Now watch this now. Those of you who are members here, you have to understand something. I believe that God could lead you in and God could lead you out. But here's what you need to understand. You need to understand that as it pertains to the word of God, my job is not to, to run your life. My job is to give you something wherewith God will take what I have given to you. It goes into your heart and now he takes over. Oh, yeah, I got to bring that, bring that there. I got I to gotta take care of this. Go in your Bibles, if you will, to the book of... Romans chapter 10. Everybody say, I have to live by faith. Romans the 10th chapter. Now, this is a letter of Paul to the church in Rome. And it begins in verse 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not, known, not believed? How shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? Well, everybody look up for a minute. Now the Bible says, how, now, you can't call upon the God that you don't believe in, and you can't believe unless you hear, not unless you read. He said, unless you hear. Watch this now. And he said, how can you hear unless someone that's anointed of God speaks to you? You say, wait a minute, preachers are bound. But now watch this in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Paul tells the church, he says, who is Paul? Who is Cephas? Who is Apollos? But ministers by whom you believe, he said, as God has given to every man. So a sign to you is a man that can speak the word and you hear it and you believe. When, you, when you're sitting under the voice of who we call your poiman in the Greek or your shepherd, he can say the exact same things you heard in Reverend Pharaoh's church, and, but you, you, it makes sense. And you see, here is what you say, I think he's a better preacher. No, he's just your preacher. 
You got it? Now watch this. Oh, oh I, can, I can wear a suit that's tailored to me. You got it? And you have, but you have a nicer suit. You have a nicer suit, but you, you're two sizes bigger. I can take my, suit, take my jacket off and say, nah, man, I, like, I wear that suit. Which one is better? The one that's fitted to me or the one that's, that's, that's uh, more expensive and better material? Well, it's the one that's fitted to me. It's better for me. Watch this now. It says, how can they, it says, uh, how can they believe or how can they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? You see that? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah said, Lord, who hath believed our report? Now look at verse 17. So then, so then, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Everybody said, so then faith coming by hearing and hearing by the Now, I'm going to show you something. God's desire for you is, first of all, let me say about faith. Faith transcends anything you're going to go through. What you're going through right now, your faith will fix it. If, not, if it's not the time, if you're in a tarrying season, a waiting season, your faith will give you strength to go through it. All the things that, that the writer of Hebrews mentioned from verse 35 down to th verse 38, all these things that he mentioned are in faith, confidence, consistency, reward. All this is a part of faith. We hope you've enjoyed today's teaching courtesy of On Course with Hart Ramsey. We invite you to join the NCC family for our weekly services in Dothan and Montgomery, Alabama and Atlanta, Georgia. For service times and locations, visit our website at nccfamily.org. Again, nccfamily.org. You can follow Pastor Hart on social media at Hart Ramsey on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can follow our church on Twitter at NCC Family, on Instagram at Northview Christian Church, and on Facebook by searching for Northview Christian Church. Be sure to join us next time as we dive into God's Word and get on course with Hart Ramsey.